Uh, good morning. Uh, welcome to St. Columbus, Deravulga here in the Belsize Road. My name's James. I'll be leading us uh, through the service this morning. I want to read today as we begin on this fifth Sunday uh, of Lent uh, from 1 John chapter 4 uh, and verse 13. It says this, We know that we live in him and he in us, that is Jesus, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And we so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. Isn't that wonderful? He lives in us and we live in him. He brings life, new life, a hope uh, and a new start uh, for each one of us. Let me uh, begin in a sense today with something slightly different. Uh, we're going to begin with an affirmation of our faith. Um, and this is us declaring today that we are in him and he is in us. This is what we believe. This is what we stand for. This is what we want to proclaim to the world around us. So do you believe and trust in God the Father, source of all being and life, the one for whom we exist? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took our human nature, died for us and rose again? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit, who gives life to the people of God and makes Christ known in the world? We believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And the wonderful to declare that today, the God, the triune God that we believe in is present with us and it brings power into our situations. As we glorify his name, uh, the important element in bringing him glory is the recognition of who we are in him, through him, and before him. And so we come um, to confess our sins today. Scripture says, if we sin, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we join together, O God. O God, our loving Father in heaven, we confess that we have sinned against you. We've broken your commandments. We've often been selfish and we have not loved you as we should. For these and all our sins, forgive us, we pray, through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. So may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sin. Restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Collect for this fifth Sunday of Lent. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son Jesus Christ delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross we may triumph in the power of his victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And colleague that we've been saying uh, for this season of Lent. Almighty and everlasting God, you hate nothing that you've made and forgive the sins of all those who have been penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sin and acknowledging our wretchedness, may receive from you the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Does anybody know what this is round my neck? It's called a stethoscope 
And does anybody know who might use a stethoscope? Yes, a doctor. A doctor may use a stethoscope to listen to your body. Whenever you go to the doctor, they might put this into their ears and listen to your heart, won't they? And sometimes this bit feels really, really cold. It feels like it's been in the fridge for ages. Whenever we go to a doctor for a checkup, sometimes they'll check how tall that we've got. They'll maybe even check your throat to make sure that everything's okay. And then they'll check your heart with the stethoscope. Daniel had his checkup this week. Daniel, it's time for your monthly health check. Okay. So I'm just going to listen to your heart. We're just going to check your throat. So if you'd like to open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. Daniel. We're now going to measure your height to make sure that you are growing tall and strong. Okay. So no standing on tippy toes. Daniel, you are 164 centimetres tall. Our story today is all about David. Now David was a shepherd boy and God made him king. But we might recognise David from the story of David and Goliath. James read for us not so long ago Psalm 51, which was written by David himself. And David loved God with all of his heart. But a bit like you and me, in David's life he'd done some things that didn't please God. And so he had a heart problem. He had sinned. It wasn't a heart problem that a doctor could find with a stethoscope. So what did David do? He went to the only person that he knew could fix his heart problem, and that was God. And he said to God in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. You see, you and I have heart problems too. Sometimes we do lots of things in our lives that don't please God and make God sad. And we need to ask God to fix those problems and to heal our hearts and create in us a clean heart. So today, let's have a little think of what we've been doing over the week. If we've done anything that maybe hasn't pleased God, and let's ask him to create in us a clean heart. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for medical professionals such as doctors and nurses and pharmacists who help us and who heal us. But Father, we know you are our ultimate healer. And so we pray that you would help us to recognise the bad things that we have done in our life. That you would help us to see the things that do not please you. And that we would each pray to you that you would create in us a clean heart, just as David prayed. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. 
there will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of the nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on the bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the water of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand towards heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying it will be for a time, times and half a time, when the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand, so I asked, My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished, and the abomination that causes desolation is set up. There will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who awaits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. So thank you um, to Sarah and indeed to Rona uh, for the parts that they have played um, today. If you have a Bible at hand, that would be great uh, for you to have that as we um, look at the rest of this book of Daniel today. So far, um, we've remembered that we've, whenever we stand firm, whenever we look up and walk with God, things began to happen for, for Daniel and his friends and the same uh, with us. We saw that God, the one that we've come to worship, the one who we've uh, affirmed our faith in today, he is the revealer of mysteries, that he can reveal things that no one else can. That he walks with us um, in times of trouble. That in many of the characters in the book of Daniel, there was an ebbing and a flowing in the relationship with God, not with Daniel, but with some of the kings, for instance. Uh, That sense that we can ebb and flow in our relationship uh, with who God is and how close we feel that we are um, to him. We saw a contempt, whenever they, a contempt for the things of God, and whenever that happened, um, in a sense, God's blessing, God's presence was withdrawn uh, from those uh, around him. Yet the faith of Daniel has shone throughout all of these chapters. We have saw that this book of Daniel is a prophetic book as well, that it speaks forward into the future, not just the future between us and Daniel, uh, in that sense, but the future even beyond us. And that whenever we live in the victory of the cross and fight in the power of the Spirit, we can see that God is sovereign and in control. 
And last week, we heard that great quote from C.S. Lewis, didn't we? The enemy will not see you vanish into God's company without an effort to reclaim you. So be alert and sober-minded. That sense that the world, there's a world around us, a spiritual world, a battle going on for the lives and the hearts, the hearts and the minds of those that we know and love. So today, we turn to the final two chapters, chapter 11 and chapter 12. Next Sunday's Palm Sunday, we move into uh, our Easter themes. Uh, and so this, um, we close this series today, really. And today our title is King of Kings. Now that's a phrase that we will have heard a lot, but what does that mean? We're going to explore that a little bit through these final two chapters um, today. I don't know about you, um, but uh, I, there is a programme that I quite like. Um, and the first episode in the new series is on tonight at 9pm. Can anybody work out what that is? If you have, comment uh, in below and the stream would be wonderful. Um, now this uh, series, uh, this programme has ran for a number of series um, and all the way through it there has been uh, cliffhangers. It's filmed here in Northern Ireland so you can recognise uh, lots of places uh, in the background. Uh, and there's cliffhangers in it. There's a climax in it. Whenever you think you've got something worked out, it doesn't seem to be that way. Uh, and so there is this great build-up to this series that's coming in the sense that there's an expectation that it will be revealed to us who the individual labelled H really is. Now, have you got it? Of course you have. It's line of duty. Sometimes we even just watch it to hear Adrian Dunbar and his Northern Irish colloquialisms uh, as well. But there's a sense that this expectation, this reveal that comes whenever we watch uh, series, uh, whether that's on Netflix or Prime or, or indeed uh, on our TVs, whenever we watch these series, uh, there's a sense that it builds and builds and builds and that we, there's an expectation that a reveal of something is coming. And as we've travelled through this book of Daniel, we've seen that there's almost an expectation there's going to be something revealed at the end of it. A prophetic voice that speaks um, out. This has been a long-awaited ending. You see, in Daniel chapter 11, uh, and chapter 11 is really uh, sums up the, the continued disregard that individuals have for the things of God. Turning away from God, forgetting about who the God that their fathers uh, and their mothers uh, and the generations before them would have worshipped, uh, and turning away uh, to false gods, to other gods, or even sometimes setting themselves up. Um, as a god and we see this distinctly in daniel chapter 11 and verse 36 the king will do as he pleases he will exalt and magnify himself above every god and will say unheard of things against the god of gods he'll be successful until the time of wrath is completed for what has been determined must take place there's a sense here that those who walk away from God, who set themselves up as their own God, who worship false gods, who disregard, uh, and go, as it says there, unheard things against, they speak unheard things against the God of gods. Well, that's okay until the time of wrath comes. And that's what chapter 12 really begins to speak about. 
In chapter 12 in my Bible, with a little heading, is called The End Times. Now, in the 1970s and 1980s, there was a real focus on end time preaching um, in churches. Uh, that sense of, well, you know, what, what does the book of Revelation mean? What does all these symbols and signs and visions uh, seven-headed dragon and so forth. What does all this mean? And, uh, and trying to identify nations and individuals against those characters within the book. But as we have seen uh, already in this series from Daniel, we have to examine the detail but stand back and look at the big picture. Because we can get bogged down in the detail and then we can misrepresent the big picture of what is going to happen. In one sense, we put our own interpretation in slant and we read our worldview into what the scriptures are saying. And in that sense, sometimes can twist what it's actually trying to get across to us, what God is trying to say for us in our generation. And so it's important to note that the end time theology amongst Christians uh, throughout all of time has never been made a part of orthodoxy. Now, let me try to explain that. It's not a first order issue. Let me try to explain that. It's, in a sense, how we understand the end times. Do, do we think there's going to be uh, seven years of tribulation first uh, before Jesus comes? Or is Jesus going to come and then there'll be a period of tribulation? These order of the sequence of events of the end times, they're up for debate. They're up for interpretation. But it does not diminish the core values and beliefs of what it means to be a Christian. In other words, believers can disagree in the sequence of events that are labelled the end times without disagreeing about who the God that they worship truly is. And that is the key. But I think there are some key components we think through this chapter 12 about the end times. And here they are. The first is that there's going to be a period of tribulation. There's going to be a great gathering. There's going to be a great separation. And then there's going to be a final understanding. And let me try to explain um, those four things. The tribulation, well, I'm not making it up. <laughs> uh, they're not the words of a preacher today. The, the, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Did you hear that? There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of all nations until then. This is a prophetic voice from Daniel, speaking forward, away past even our time, to the time that Jesus will return. And there will be a period of great distress that has never been seen before. As each generation has passed, we each believe that we are in that moment. Our distress is greater than the generation before us. Increasingly, as we look at the world around us, the tribulation, the, the signs, the distress that is on the believers in Jesus Christ is increasing manifold and beyond measure. It's multiplying on a daily basis. And so there will come a time whenever the tribulation against us who believe in Jesus Christ will increase. There's going to be a great gathering. Look at 
Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, if you cast yourself forward into the New Testament and you read some of the, the words of Jesus, you read some uh, of the letters of Paul, you read the vision that John, the Apostle John received in the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation, and you see that there will be a day whenever God will gather all people to himself. And we will have to give account for who we are and what we believe. Now, it also says in the New Testament that those who die in Christ will be raised first. Those who are left will be caught up to him in heaven. That, as it says here uh, in the book of Daniel, in, in verse 1, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. We will be delivered. If we know Christ, we will be delivered from the great distress. Isn't that Wonderful news. It's fantastic news. And so there's going to be a time of distress, a time of tribulation. There's going to be a great gathering where people will be called to give account and before the Lord himself. And as it says in Revelation, that we will fall flat on our face in front of him. We will bow down in worship. His presence will be so awesome and overwhelming that we will not be able to stand in his presence. But there will also be a time of separation. Look at verse 3 in chapter 12 of Daniel. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever. And towards the end of verse 2, uh, the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, and others to shame and everlasting contempt. There's going to be a time of separation. These are not my words. Actually, the Bible says, Jesus says, Jesus' words, his teaching about the sheep and the goats, he tells us that the sheep, those who follow him, know his voice and will come unto him. The goats will be separated from them and will be cast out and sent away. Now, the book of Revelation, prophetically, is quite similar to the book of Daniel chapter 12, but it gives a little bit more detail of that, where the, those who don't know Christ will be cast into the burning lake of sulfur and so forth. And so actually, yes, it, it kind of, these visions conjure up within us a, a sense of almost, how could a loving God do this? But yet, that question has been asked for centuries. And within the answer to that question, we find that a loving God offers us every single day the opportunity to come to him. To have, as it says in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 1, to have our names found in the book. Have our names written in the Lamb's book of life so that one day we will be called to God and not separated from him. Heaven is to be in God's presence and hell is to be separated from him for all of eternity. So a time of great distress, a time of great gathering, a time uh, of separation, of working out who belongs to Jesus and who does not belong to Jesus. And finally, a final understanding. See, in chapter 12, verse 8, it says, I heard, that I, I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, my Lord, what would the outcome of this be? 
He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, spotless and refined. The wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From that time, the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up. There will be 1,290 days. And blessed is the one who waits for and receives the end of the days. Verse 13, as for you, go your way till the end. There will be a final understanding. Those uh, verses are clear. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. Like, we can't, I can't, maybe you can't either, get your head around what the end times will look like, how all of this is going to play out. But one day, we will be able to understand. When the revealer of mysteries shows it to us, when we are present in the great gathering of God's people, but you see, mixed through this is a great dose of patience. Now, if you live with me, you'll know that patience is probably not one of my strongest points. Um, but patience, there's a great dose of patience in this. Verse 12, actually. Blessed is the one who waits. We are to wait. We are patiently for the Lord. To dwell in his presence, to linger in his presence. Because in this moment, we live in the tension of the now but not yet. We know, we've seen from this book of Daniel, we know uh, from the cross, we know from the resurrection that Jesus is victorious. The now and the not yet, but we're not there yet. We don't have the final ending just yet. And so we live in that space of tension between the now and the not yet. Victory over evil is true, yet evil still exists. That we will be present with God, yet sometimes we feel separated from him in the here and the now. But that's, that's where the message of Easter comes in. Often one of the most distinctive characteristics of this church building, um, in many ways it's a non-distinct building from the outside, hidden uh, down uh, a little hill in a hollow. It looks more like a hall than it does a church. It looks more maybe uh, like something else than what you would expect. It has no tower, has no spire, has no bell that it would ring. But yet whenever people walk through the front door and step into this part of the building, the thing, the distinct thing that they see is the cross behind me. And it's always commented upon when you've walked into this building for the first time. That cross that's behind me is made out of tiny little pieces and a sense of broken wood. The cross of Jesus Christ is the place where we bring our brokenness. Whereas broken people, we can come to the place where he shed his blood and he broke his life for us. The cross is, and the crucifixion is horrific, but yet it is a thing of beauty. The cross of Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing, yet beautiful 
to those who have accepted him. He died for you and for me, that a way into heaven may be brought, that we might hear the shepherd's voice, that we might know the Father. So in the day of the great gathering, in the midst of our distress and our tribulation, whenever he calls our name, we know that we are coming to him and that he will not cast us out. And that only comes whenever we have received the invitation that Jesus Christ lays at our feet today to walk in his journey with him. He invites us into his great story to give our life, to surrender all that we have, to lay it before his cross and to say, Jesus, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for paying the penalty for my sin that I might walk free. The Bible says in the words of Jesus, the thief comes, the thief being the devil, comes wanting to kill, steal and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to give you life and life in all of its fullness. I have made a commitment to Christ. Yes, every day I still fall. Yes, every day I may and do still commit sins. But I know the forgiveness that flows from the cross of Calvary can wipe me clean again. The assurance of his salvation, as we read at the beginning today, is in me and I am in him. Can you say that for yourself today? What is clear throughout this book of Daniel is that God is able, God is faithful, and God is victorious. It's up to you to take up your inheritance. See, Daniel chapter 12, verse 13, As for you, go your way till the end, and you will rest. (laughs) You shall have rest. Who doesn't desire rest? What a promise. You're going to have rest from all the distress and the tribulation and the worry and the anxiety around you. You will rest in the very presence of Jesus. There will be no more sea. Now, that was counted on way back in Daniel chapter 7, actually, in his dream where he talked about sea being a place of chaos. That's countered in the book of Revelation where it opens with the fact that there is no more sea. Sea is this imagery in biblical prophecy of chaos. There will be no more of that. There's coming a day where God is going to put everything right. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him. That he has gone before us to prepare a way, a mansion in heaven where there are many rooms. The way to get there is through Jesus. The truth is that he died for you and for me that we might have rest. And the life is that he lives in us and we live in him. You shall have rest. What a promise. Do you believe it?
then today, step into it. It awaits you today. Receive his invitation to journey with him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are present with us. Thank you that even in the midst of distress and trouble, you bring your peace. And to whatever the future might hold for us, we thank you that you already hold the future. But your word has been clear today. That you've offered us an invitation to come to you. Give us courage and strength in this moment. Maybe we have never made that step of faith. Or maybe we do it right now. Maybe we have done that many years ago and we've walked away, we strayed from you, we flowed or ebbed away from you. Or by your spirit, convict us to draw close to you once again. Lord, we thank you that one day everything will be put right. No more pain, no more tears, no more suffering, no more injustice. For you will rule and reign completely. For we will be in your presence for names are written in your book. So pour your spirit upon us in this moment that we might be overawed, overwhelmed by your presence. A presence that speaks into each of our situations, whatever that might be today. And so we leave a moment to pause and to reflect in your presence and to offer our heart's desire to you today. as we boldly pray together, Our Father, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you have been affected by God's word today, by something that we've sung or said, and you want to ask more questions, you want to be prayed with, please do get in contact with us. You can private message the Facebook page. You can send an email to info at derevolge.com or phone 02892 528242 and we'll come back to you. 
will be with you. We want to walk in this journey with you and we will rejoice in every single soul that has come to Jesus. As we draw to a close, um, I just want to draw our attention to a few uh, very quick um, announcements. Uh, Bishop continues his Linton talks on a Wednesday evening um, at 7pm. Uh, that's live on the Diocesan uh, Facebook page. As mentioned uh, previously, we will be joining with uh, other churches uh, in our rural deaneries uh, this Holy Week. Um, and that will be live uh, on their uh, Facebook page, Lisburn and Dariachi Rural Deaneries, uh, at 7pm each evening of Holy Week. Um, Derville is featuring a couple of times um, that week, so please do uh, hook into that and join us. We get a flavour from churches in our locality uh, sharing together the experience and the encounter uh, of that first uh, Holy Week. Um, and also, uh, we put out in other mediums um, as well. Um, we're back again um, next week uh, for coffee um, after our service, so the link will be sent out to you, uh, or indeed it'll be in the stream uh, for next week. So please do um, consider doing that and joining in with us. Uh, an opportunity to see faces and to hear voices um, as well. Uh, we are updating all how we pray for Dara Volge, um, and so if you want your name um, added so that you can pray on a specific day of the month uh, for this parish and for this community, please contact myself or Derek Shooter and we'll make sure that your name is allotted against that particular um, day. And the last thing um, for today is that you may have noticed in the media um, that the bishops uh, of the Church of Ireland in, in Northern Ireland um, have given us a cautious um, and uh, permissive welcome uh, back to worship in our buildings. Um, that's, uh, in one sense, uh, to be worked out on a local basis, um, and each parish necessarily will be doing that slightly differently. Uh, and whilst they've said that we can open from Good Friday, um, we won't be open here um, on Good Friday. Uh, we are continuing online throughout the Holy Week um, series. Uh, we may, we're this week we'll be looking at our risk assessments and a number of other things to see whether we'll be open here on Easter Sunday. Please do keep an eye on our Facebook page and our website for more details. But of course we'll let you know on Palm Sunday next week as to what exactly is happening. Please do pray for that and for those who are involved in that as well. I'm going to conclude today and using some verses that I spoke of before. They come from the Gospel of John chapter 14. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If I were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. May we each know and understand that truth today. May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.